Let's start the meeting. We're going to have uh, Jay come up and tell us a, a joke. So let's welcome Jay. Hi. Hi. Hey, Jay. It seems a gentleman had too much alcohol at a party, was heading home, and was pulled over by a state trooper. Upon being tested, the fellow couldn't walk a straight line any more than he could drive one. So the trooper wrote out a ticket and had just given it to the driver, before an accident in the opposite lane took his attention to more important matters. The inebriated driver, figuring that the trooper wasn't coming back to him, drove home and went to bed. He was awakened in the morning by a knock at the door created by two more state troopers. Are you Mr. Johnson, they asked. He admitted that he was. Were you pulled over at the main street last night for driving under the influence? Again, the man admitted that he, and, that he was. And what did, you do, what did you do then, the troopers asked. The man replied that he drove his car home and went to bed. Where is your car now, the trooper inquired. The man answered that it was in the garage. May we see the car, asked the troopers. The man answered, sure, and opened the garage. Inside the garage was the state trooper's car. Diddly <laughs> do. Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for the Big Book Study, we're going to get focused, and we're going to have a moment of meditation in a moment or two. Uh, good evening, everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name's Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Hi, Mike Chase. By the way, quickly, they're going to be passing out pieces of cake. If you want it, just raise your hand. And if you don't, take it anyways. <laughs> Doo -doo, boom. Oh, um, thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a minute, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off your cell phones and other devices that make noise and that will distract others for the duration of the meeting. 
The coffee area will be open, uh, just try not to be distracting. Also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. For the meditation, some suggestions are, let's just focus on our breath and posture. Uh, one of the things they suggest is breathe in God and breathe out self. Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the study. So we're going to dim the lights down so we don't have to look at each other. And um, <laughs> it's about a two-minute meditation. We'll do the cake afterwards, I guess. So in other words, enjoy your time with God, everybody. start off with the fog light prayer if you don't know it just follow along if we also have it printed up on some of the tables god god 
Let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. Now we're going to have David come up and do our secretary's report. Let's welcome David. Hi, my name is David, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. Hi, David. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now being passed. Uh, Mark, would you like to read the recovered statement? So, uh, Mark, I'm I'm an alcoholic. Um, (laughs) We are not cured of alcoholism, recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for a lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering. And what exactly it means to be a recovered alcoholic. 1940-style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics uh, above suggest a 75% plus success rate. Uh, we have CDs, mugs, large print books, uh, little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale up here at the piano. Uh, we meet every Monday promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery tune. See you next week. Thank you very much, David. Uh, From the forward to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we have Alcoholics Anonymous for more than 100 men and women who have recovered recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From there is a solution, also from the big book. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we discovered a common solution. We have a way out which you can join, absolutely agree, in which you can join a brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news the book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This is an open meeting, and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours. And on the subject of anonymity, uh, there is a question and answer format of the meeting where we pass a microphone. If you don't want your voice out on the interwebs, because this meeting is podcast, uh, feel free to pass the mic, or you can use a funny voice disguise. Please. Can can we see a show of hands of... People join us for the very first time. They're here. Let's give them a welcome applause. Can I see a show of hands of recovered alcoholics in the room? So if your hand's not up, I suggest you hang out and talk to the folks whose hands are. They'll help you get back to God. While this is an open meeting, membership of this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcohol, alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. Does anyone not have a book in front of you right now? We have loaner books. If you don't, raise your hand. We'll get one over to you. Good. It looks like everybody's prepared. 
Before we begin our study of the big book, last week we reviewed Tradition 12 with Guy. Uh, so tonight we're going to be restarting a tradition series with Matt. Um, he's going to come up and read Tradition 1. Uh, it's in the Unabridged Big Book, page 562, and the Abridged Big Book, page 177. And he'll read the tradition short form and long form and then talk about his experience with the tradition. Come on up, Matt. <laughs> I'm Matt, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, hey, Matt. Matt. Uh, tradition one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. In the long form, each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a great whole. AA must continue to live, or most of us will surely die. Hence, our common welfare comes first. But individual welfare follows close afterward. So, uh, y'all have the illustrated 12, 12 traditions here, which is, like, really cool. I'm going to read something out of that. Um, and I didn't know this. So it said, when AA was very young, the first members clearly saw the preservation of its unity as a life or death matter for themselves and for alcoholics still unrecovered. First tradition states this aim, and it is this common aim of all 12 traditions. When AA reached age 35, the aim was restated in the theme of the 1970 International Convention. This we owe to AA's future to place our common welfare first, to keep our fellowship united. For on AA, unity depends our lives and the lives of those who come. Uh, so for me, like, when I first got sober, I had no idea what the traditions were. <laughs> you know, like, I would go into a meeting and see the steps and go, that's what I need to do. And the traditions were something that kind of just, like, got pushed to the side. Um, as time has come, the traditions for me have been helpful when you get to, like, know how they are. Uh, I got to do some stuff as a GSR where I had to, like, learn about them. And Tradition 1 seems like something that can really easily be, like, kind of brushed to the side. Uh, the 12 and 12, however, tells us the moment the 12-step work forms a group, another discovery is made. The most individuals cannot recover unless there is a group. It becomes plain that the group must survive or the individual will not. So, you know, a lot of times, like, for me, it's easy to let, like, my opinions and, like, my personality get in the way of what I... Let me rephrase that. Get in the way of what's good for the group. And as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's my responsibility to show up to my home group, to show up to AA, and to do what's best for the newcomer and to do what's best for my home group. Uh, if AA groups had a lot of chaos, if people weren't meeting regularly, if there was no goal to keep our unity as, like, the top priority, uh, I don't know that I have, not, like, have an environment to be sober. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about the next 12 and how those help preserve our unity. Thanks. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that, too. In order to help us stay focused as we study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. So tonight we have Violet. She's going to be our reader. We're going to actually start on page zero and do a quick read-up. We're going to... Um, we're actually going to skip the preface and go right into the forward to the first edition. Um, I think when the book first came out, I don't think they had a preface because there wasn't a bunch of things to describe. So we're going to go just as if it was back in 1939 when the book came out. So we'll get to that in a minute. How's this work, Brian? Uh, after the page is read, we're going to ask questions from the podium starting back at the beginning of the forward of the first edition. The answers will be one sentence unless otherwise specified and multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. Basically, in English, what that means is that we're going to read the material once through, and then we'll re-dissect what we read a second time through a question-and-answer format. 
Notice how the language in the questions gives us new light in which to consider the material we just read. This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experience with the information, you're free to share. Also, feel free to ask questions. If at any time you got a question, feel free to raise your hand during the question and answer period. That's what this whole is all about. However, big book studies, not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different setting, you know, privately with your sponsor, uh, please do not be offended when Violet cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. So we normally do a recap right now, but since we haven't done anything yet, we don't, we're going to skip the recap. So everybody turns, <laughs> which is great, cuts about 15 minutes out of the meeting. So everybody take your book and turn to the front, the very first page, uh, the page of Alcoholics Anonymous. We like to refer to page zero. As I was brought through the steps by my sponsor, he says, the page before page zero is exactly what you know about Alcoholics Anonymous or think you know about Alcoholics Anonymous. The second page zero will show you what you know about Alcoholics Anonymous, which is basically the name when I came in here. I, I, I thought I knew AA, but I really didn't. Uh, we go to the second, third, go to the second page, which is also blank. On my particular book, we have written, and I am responsible. When anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA to always be, for, be there, and for that I am responsible. Want to do the next page? Uh, the next page, we have the title page of Alcoholics Anonymous, and this is also where we get our first promise in this book. This book is full of promises, uh, but under the title, it says this is the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. Basically, if we follow the directions that they're going to lay out in this book, we can also recover from alcoholism. Does anybody have an edition other than the fourth edition with them tonight? Okay. On the top of that, partic- on the top of that page, I've got, in quotations, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is basically a book called Getting Sober for Dummies, and that dummy's <laughs> serious. Uh, the next page is a bunch of copyright information, um, the legalese of the book. The contents page, it breaks it up in the next page, it breaks the book up into four sections. The first section, which is from the preference to Bill's story, we, prefer to, we like to refer to that as the investigative part. That's where we investigate the problem. That gives us information to get our basic understanding of what alcoholism is and what alcoholism isn't. What's the second one? Uh, now that we know the problem, we have another section. Uh, it's going to include there's a solution to we agnostics where we talk about the solution to the problem. Uh, spoiler alert, it's God. Yeah. And then the next three chapters, how it works into action and working with others is our program of action. And it's broken up that way because it's important for us to know what our problem is because if we know what our problem is, we might be interested in finding out what the solution is. Once we're comfortable with what the solution is, i.e. God, then we have our program of action. Right below that, we have the chapters to the wives, the family afterwards, and to the employers. Those what we like to call to pre-Alanon. Those were written for back in the days when they didn't have Alanon and the people who we had associated with needed some help also. We also read that here in this book in about 57 weeks. <laughs> uh, and then we have a vision for you, which is also an important for us to, uh, helps us to judge where we are in our recovery. All right, so are we going to uh, jump into the forward of the first edition? Yeah, let's jump into the forward of the first edition. Do you have the right page there? Mm-hmm. It's uh, XIX. 
All right. So I'm just going to read until you tell I guess me just otherwise. Read, I guess just, read, right in. just read the whole forward. All right. Sure. Um, my name is Violet. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Violet. Hi, Violet. Uh, I almost read the preface. Okay. Forward to the first edition. This is a forward as it appeared in the first printing of the first edition in 1939. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has advantages for all. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not carry on our occupations in such an event. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. Um, when writing our, or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead of as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be great, greatly handicapped. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any set, a particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should, be, we should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. All right. So we're going to do the questions and answers for this forward. We usually read a couple, one or two or three pages, but there's so much good information in this first that we're just going to start off there and we'll pick up on the second edition. And we'll start with this group. We're going to go doot, 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 and down that way. All right. First question is a three-part question. Oh, by the way, the way this works, he's going to ask a question. The answer is actually the sentence out of the book. So we're going to slowly go down what we just read. So he's going to ask the Answer with the first sentence. Storm will do the second question and on and on. The second sentence. First question is a three-part question. Who authored this book? How many were there? And what had happened to them? We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Why did they go to the trouble to write this book? To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Thank you. If we have a drinking problem and study this book, what else will we need? For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further invest authentication will be necessary. What do, we think we can, what do we think can be accomplished by reading this book? We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. What is it that many do not comprehend? Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. Do we believe this book is for alcoholics only? Besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. 
So Why? Quick paragraphs open. Do you have a comment on that one? Do I? Uh, no. And on, if anybody has a comment on this paragraph, this would be the time. Raise your hand and share some information. Hi. Hello. Hi. My name is Raquel, and I'm an alcoholic. Hello. Um, hey. You know, what I see, and I just, I think I just saw it now, in the account of our experiences, we'll have to better understand the alcoholic. I think, uh, if, I, if I may say, about uh, when you were reading, um, you know, the chapters that we go on this, there are some chapters here that really stress that to employers, to wives, to that understanding of how sick the alcoholic really is. And I love how it says, I just realized this, that that word account is like, that principle of identification that we do have, that's what we constantly do. We just, I just tell you my account, the account of my experience. That's it. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, once again, this book isn't designed to convince people, trick people into thinking they're alcoholic. This is an opportunity to honestly compare it to the book and determine in your own way, am I an alcoholic or am I just a problem-heavy hard drinker? So we can do with that. Uh, one of the things I want to point out, the sentence that says, to show other alcoholics precisely how, how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. You notice how it's got some italicized, and it's not, there's nothing special about it. The first edition of the book came out, that particular chapter was in bold, and it just stood out, and it would scream. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Help us identify and find a solution. Um, we, when you hear the word we or us in the first 164 pages, they're not referring to the folks in this room. They're actually referring to the first 67, 72, 100, whatever number your family believes there was. They're talking about those people, the people who can share their experience through this book. And then we can bring that information live with our personal experiences. Anybody else? You get to start the next paragraph. <clears throat> next question. Why is it important for the authors of this book to remain anonymous? It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Were the authors of this book bums? <laughs> <laughs> Being mostly business or professional folk... We cannot well carry on our occupations in such an event. What is our alcoholic work? We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. Two-part question. What are we told to do if we write or speak publicly and we are told to identify ourselves as what? When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name designating himself instead as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Are we serious about anonymity at the level of press? Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. So if you take the information that we've just read, when they first came out, the reason we're anonymous is, play, is, is basically right there. There's too few of us to handle the overwhelming number of people asking for help. I grew up... Fort Lauderdale, 85. And I remember back when they had the, uh, the lady's screen with the, the Mother Mary on it. And hundreds of people came from everywhere. And all the news companies were there doing it. 
um, it, it became this obsession of everybody to come and do it. So imagine if you were a, living in a small town and news got out that you had a solution for alcoholism. You could very well be overwhelmed with personal requests for help. Nothing back then. There was no, there was no AA. There was nothing other than, you know, just go to, or just uh, end up in asylums and stuff like that. The reason that we started out anonymous, of reasons later on, but originally it was to protect our lives. And live our lives. Everywhere we go, we got somebody asking us to help the family members. So it was a protection for us in the beginning. But eventually it ended up being a protection of Alcoholics Anonymous. Anybody else? I like how it says, it just, um, we already know this because we're in program, but I like how it says uh, we would like it to, uh, to be understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. So that means it's not a job. It's, a, it's like a thing that we do on the side. It's just a labor of love um, in order for us to stay sober. I like that it makes that distinction early on. It's one of the traditions that we're not paid. That's what I was going to say. All you of notice that our the traditions. traditions, before we even had them, are basically also written out in the first, forward to the first edition, in it's a much more broad scale. But you know, it was, it's, the traditions were a direct result of our experience and all the mistakes we made and all the things we learned from our mistakes. So. I did not know this stuff. When I came to Alcoholics Anonymous years and years and years ago, I never read the first part of Alcoholics Anonymous. I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous thinking it was a basically, you know, share about your day. I came in, when I first came in, it was in the 80s, and it was all the therapy community had Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was all, you know, share about your day. We had to talk about the inner child, um, all these things that were rehab initiated. And the traditions and the book of Alcoholics Anonymous was, you know, pushed off and pushed aside in lieu of like living sober or, you know, understanding the the 12 and 12 types. This is information. There's a reason that we do this. We're here to help people. I actually also have a funny story about what happened with my mom recently. She has no interest or knowledge in AA. She just knows it helped me. And my my, uh, sponsor is my maid of honor. And so, like, it was... Her, my mom, uh, we were all going dress shopping, and my mom really liked her, and she saw how she uh, really helped change my life. And she, we were on a call one day, my mom and I, and she's like, you know, I'm really so grateful for your sponsor, even though she's paid for, uh, for by the government. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, you know, like, that's, we, we don't do that. She's like, oh, my God, she's doing this for free? Um, so she just was so convinced that she's paid for by like this all the all these years. She thought it's the government that's paying for my therapy, as she calls oh. it. We're sure that our way of ha- our our way of living has its advantages for all. Yeah, and I, I wasn't about to go into all the traditions. I don't think she would care. But so <laughs> this is why it's an avocation. When AA first came out, this was this was like the discovery of the cure <clears throat> for cancer. Because there was, there was literally no solution that was working. So when this came out, it became widely read, became very popular. It was the talk of the town. So you definitely didn't want, like, me talking on the Internet or in the world and having people think that I know everything there is about Alcoholics Anonymous, which is why they don't want us introducing ourselves. And then we also asked the press, don't blow our anonymity because it will affect our ability to live as citizens and help people. So there's a lot of warnings and helpful suggestions for us. And also, don't forget. 
the book was written for us, the alcoholic, and our family members, but also the public at large. There was no information about alcoholism at all. And the information they had was like misunderstanding, the wrong information. So as it's trying to help us to decide whether alcoholic, it's also informing the world at large what alcoholism is and what it isn't. And why are they sneaky and secret and stuff like that? So there's a lot of things that come in these pages. Are we ready? Yep. Uh, next question. Are we an organization? We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. How much does it cost for AA membership? There are no dues or fees whatsoever. What is the only requirement for membership? The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. Two-part question. With whom are we affiliated and who or what are we against? Uh, we're not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. What is our single simple wish? We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. For those who, for those who read this book... Who do we want to hear from? We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. What is it we really want to do? We should like to be helpful to such cases. Who else would we like to hear from? Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. One thing I want to point out, do you guys notice how short this is? Mm -hmm. It's a page and a half. We first came out, it was get the information out there to the public. Because, you know, when you're looking through the book, you're told to go get the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. First of all, you can't miss it because see that banner up there? That's what the book looked like. So the book, at the time of publication was only $3.50. That's not much. But if you were to take today's money, that's like $68. So it was a very expensive book. So they had like five seconds, 15 seconds of someone's interest to open the book and figure out what this is all about. So the, so the forward to the first edition was quick to the point, gave the basic information, hopefully enough to capture the person's imagination. They're very smart. Cause like when I get a book and it has like a 10 page preface, I'm like, I'm, I'm probably going to miss a lot of information, but here we go. Chapter one, you know? So it's like, it's really good that they thought about just the one page thing. God was really good at editing when the first edition came out. <laughs> Wait till we hit the other, the forward to the other edition. It's just, they go. And as I, I'm sure you guys recognize that the <laughs> definition of Alcoholics Anonymous is um, in this last paragraph, I guess, on page XIV. It talks about the only requirement for membership is a desire, desire, honest desire to stop drinking and so on. And they changed that later on to the only desire yeah. to have a desire because I honestly didn't want to. And that's why they had such great success very early on. It's like if they didn't feel you were willing and able to go to the lengths that they had gone through, they would say, well, come back when you are ready. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to open it up to people who are just dabbling in it. And you know, I was one of those guys when I came back in 2004, I dabbled in AA because I didn't know if I really needed to be here. It was by reading the book and understanding everything that we're going to read in the next few weeks, that I'm an alcoholic and I need this thing. So, And it's pretty bold that, like, I mean, we know that God's going to come into play. It's a major part of AA. And at the very end, it says, like, we welcome the scientific, medical, and even religious community to come and give us your opinion. Um, they're not hiding from anything. That's how 
wholly they believe in um, the program of AA. Does anybody else have anything they want to share? Any nuggets or experiences <laughs> or stories? Oh, we got a. I just I think this is interesting. This, the the first line it's really jumping out to me, but it says to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. When you first read it, I think that we're all very selfish. So it, like you think about yourself, like how this is going to help me recover from the book. But then you like read it a second time, and it's like how you're going to use this book to go help other people through sponsorship. So I think early on it has it's just it has a double meaning. I thought that was very interesting. I just wanted to share that. Thanks for sharing. And you notice how it ends in the back. Spoiler alert. You know, you come in here and you, 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 it says here, we shall be interested to hear from those who are results from this book, particularly from those who've committed, who've commenced to work with other alcoholics. Guess what we're going to be doing, folks? Eventually working with other alcoholics, <laughs> sponsoring anything, anything that you feel comfortable with helping other alcoholics find sobriety. And it's laid out right there in front. You know, when I start working with a new kid in the book, it's like, what do you mean i got a sponsor? It's like, you know, day one, this is where your life's going to take you. What I'm doing right now, you're going to do something similar to this. So there's no questions later on. Give a hand. Hi again. Sure, double dip. You got a beautiful <laughs> Are you French? No, I'm not. I am Mexican. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm a Mexican recovered alcoholic. My name is Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is so beautiful about this? Again, is the gentleness. That, that, that's what I get from We very earnestly ask you. We ask the press. And then it goes something to, I, I love the idea about, yeah, when I also see a big forward, I just keep it. I don't even want to read it. But the fact that it's so short and it's so gentle because it's explaining since the beginning there's really nothing in this for us because there's always that thing, how much money are you going to take for this? What are, what are the requirements to be a part of this? What is it that do I have to follow your cult? And, and since the beginning, they tell us, no, none of this. The only thing that we wish is we wish to be helpful. For me, I actually love how they incorporated in the book, eventually, all these inquiries that they got from so many people and the doctors are... Uh, but again, when you talked about the tradition and how we started here with Tradition 11, with the press, in, and, and understanding that we don't want Alcoholics Anonymous to be secret. We just want the fellowship to omit their names. So that was mm -hmm. very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Ready to jump into the next paragraph? Yeah, we have a, um, oh, a, a comment sheet. We have a page before this forward of the second edition. Um, so... Before most of the chapters in this book, the study guide, ha study guide has a uh, intro page. So we're just going to read that real quick. The only forward that it has one for is the one to the second edition. And those forwards were written by Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Big Book, uh, Big Book Study Group with the aid of Joe and Charlie, the Arkansas Travelers. So all these questions in this big book, which you guys can come up and look at, are basically a Joe and Charlie book study broken down on a week-to-week. -week. So people to break it up. All right. So the forward to the second edition provides a brief history of the first 20 years of the creation of Alcoholics Anonymous. In this forward, Bill W. tells how, through Dr. Silkworth and the Oxford Group, he found a solution to his alcoholism. He tells how he was able to stay sober by trying to help other alcoholics. He recounts how his, his business venture in Akron failed and why he so desperately felt the need to find another alcoholic to talk with. This need led to the meeting with Dr. Bob, who had tried to find a way to stay sober but had failed completely. Their meeting led to the two of them 
believing they could stay sober if they worked together. From their combined efforts to protect their society, sobriety by searching out and going to suffering alcoholics came a fellowship of sober alcoholics from whom came the life-saving program of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the content of this book. They tell how they found the acceptance and endorsement of some of the leading citizens of our country. We learn of some of the favorable publicity this little group of sober alcoholics received from some very influential news sources, which led to a rapid growth of the fellowship. We are given a glance at the recognition of some of the problems our founders faced and how they successfully developed a set of guidelines for our conduct within our respective groups and within the fellowship, the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. We learn how successful those seeking help were when the only guide we had was this big book, the basic text for our fellowship. It's very obvious that we are not doing nearly as well today because of the emphasis on meetings rather than the program. These are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. It concludes by telling us of the hope behind the writing of this book. So one thing about the forward to the second edition, if you've read the forward to the first edition, you realize that these are a bunch of drunks who are tooting. They're all horn. Look at us. We found a solution for alcoholism. We're altruistic. We're amazing and wonderful. So 16 years later, we needed to do a recap, and it's an opportunity for, look, say, did they succeed in what they planned to do in the forward to the first edition, or did they fall on our faces? So the 16-year, uh, the forward to the second edition came 16 years later, and I like to refer it to AA 16-year update. <laughs> okay, uh, forward to the second edition. Figures given in this forward describe the fellowship as it was in 1955. Since the original forward to this book was written in 1939, a wholesale miracle has taken place. Our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at, this, at his destination. Already continues to early text, twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. Sixteen years have elapsed between our first printing of this book and the presentation in 1955 of our second edition. In that brief space, Alcoholics Anonymous has mushroomed to nearly 6,000 groups whose membership is above 150,000 recovered alcoholics. Groups are to be found in each of the United States and all of the provinces in Canada. A has flourishing communities in the British Isles, the Scandinavian countries, South Africa, South America, Mexico, Alaska, Australia, and Hawaii. All told, promising beginnings have been made in some 50 foreign countries and U.S. possessions. Some are just now taking shape in Asia. Many of our friends encourage us by saying that this is but a beginning, only the augury of a much larger future ahead. Augury means an omen, token, or indication. The spark that was to flare into the first A group was struck at Akron, Ohio in June 1935, during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. Six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. Following a meeting with an alcoholic friend who had been in contact with the Oxford group of that day, he had also been greatly helped by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, a New York specialist in alcoholism who is now accounted no less than a medical saint by AA members and whose story of the early days of our society appears in the next pages. From this doctor, the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism. Though he could not accept all the tenets of Oxford groups, he was convinced 
of the need for moral inventory, confession and pers of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and, in and dependence upon God. Prior to his journey to Aiken, the broker had worked hard with many alcoholics on the theory that an alcoholic could help an alcoholic, but he had succeeded only in keeping sober himself. The broker had gone to Akron on a business venture which had collapsed, leaving him grateful, greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. The alcoholic turned to be the Akron physician. The physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma, but had failed. But when the stockbroker gave him Dr. Dr. Sulkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, the physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never had before between been able to muster. He sobered never to drink again up to the moment of his death in 1950. This seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no alcoholic could. It also indicated that strenuous work one alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. All right, we're going to stop there and we're going to pick up the questions. By the way, can I see a show of hands? Is, anybody, is this new stuff? Has anybody never read this before? I have a question. For, who is... Who is the person that they were talking about who died in 1950? Um, well, the, was it Bill? It's talking about Dr. Bill Bob. Wilson and Dr. Bob. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Bill, he died I had so been early. Seven, seven oh. Bob. Se yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So first question. Top of page XI. From the first edition to the publication of this edition, what had taken place? Since the uh, original forward to this book was written in 1939, a wholesale miracle has taken place. What was the hope of the earliest printing? Our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the fellowship of, of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Had this hope become a reality by 1955? Already, continues early text, twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. How many years passed before the, the second edition was published? Sixteen years have elapsed between the first printing of this book and the presentation in 1955 of the second edition. Two-part question. During that period of time, how many AA groups had been formed and how many alcoholics had recovered? In that brief space, Alcoholics Anonymous has mushroomed into nearly 6,000 groups whose membership is far above 150,000 recovered alcoholics. How far had AA spread during these 16 years? Three sentences. Groups are to be found in each of the United States and all of the provinces of Canada. AA has flourishing communities in the British Isles, the Scandinavian countries, South Africa, South America, Mexico, Alaska, Australia, and Hawaii. All told, promising beginnings have been made in some 50 foreign countries and U.S. possessions. What did many of our friends see ahead, of our, ahead for our fellowship? Some are Many just, of our friends. Some are just now taking oh, shape. No, some are, no, he was right. There, it should no. have been four sentences, not three. Okay. Many of our friends encourage us by saying that this is but a beginning, only the augury of a, of a much larger future ahead. So let's open this up with some good stuff in this one. 
So 16 years had passed. By the way, I was at a meeting a couple weeks ago, and he introduced himself. He said, it's kind of goofy, but I like to call myself a recovered alcoholic and, uh, because he gets pushback on that. But we'll notice that in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it refers to people who've been through the process as recovered like 16 times, and it refers to recovering only three times, and most in the back of the book. So that's a normal thing. Um, 1935 to 19. 19- 39 through the Oxford-ish style of recovery that they were doing uh, because there wasn't a book at the time. They managed to get 72, maybe 100 on a good day, and that's like four years of you know, working out, going to checking out hospitals. You know, Dr. Bob had access to all the drunks coming in and out of the, the hospital there, and Dr. Silky was giving Bill stuff. So what they were doing that way didn't have the best success rates. You know, they had 100 people in four years. And then we're going to start finding here how it's jumped up in just three or four years to 2,616 years later, 150,000 recovered, which goes to show that the book and the program found in the book is really a program that works. But when I read this part, the forwards, I do it with my sponsees because I think it's really important for them to know what they're getting into. It's just not showing up to meetings, having cookies and drinking coffee and talking about your days and, you know, fellowship. There's history behind it. People who dedicated their lives, people who were hopeless without any, any hope. And then we came along, they came along with an opportunity to find a spiritual experience. When Dr. Bob was doing it, it was all about the um, Oxford Christian faith. And Bill was more of a meaty makers make it kind of guy with the God sort of thrown into it. The book is where we first introduced to the fact that a God of our own conception, a God of any religion, any spiritual path, any denomination, you guys are welcome. So we weren't pushing. We were just helping people find their own path to God. And they were really successful. Who can remember when Canada wasn't a state? Guy, yeah, were you alive then? It's not a state. Oh, I mean, Alaska. We're looking at Canada. But Alaska, so this, you know, this has been around for a long time, and it still works. This is, I just love this stuff. Cut him some slack, guys. He's another year older today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. But they didn't know, you know, it says here this augury thing. They didn't have any idea how it was going to hit. You know, Bill had hoped that it was going to be, a, you know, a bestseller and very successful, but... They never really understood what God had plans for this. And, you know, Bill did not write the book alone. He had a lot of help from a lot of people. And then he had some professional um, editors come in and clean it up for him a little bit. So God's fingers were all over this thing. Groups helping him, you know, edit it and put it together. So, you know, this thing, I like to say the thing is, you know, divinely inspired. This is great stuff in here. So this is going to help you guys understand why Alcoholics Anonymous is, what its real purpose is. So... Let's find out how it got started. Um, all right. So three-part question. Where was the first group formed? When was the first group formed? And who were the principals of the first group? The spark was to flare into the first AA group. But I'm sorry. The spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck at Akron, Ohio in June 1935. Perfect. I'm going to pass this. Nope. Nope. He's not done. Yeah, but she's going to finish this one. Jerry, finish that. During, um, see, you weren't paying attention. Uh, during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. Comment, the stockbroker was Bill W. and the physician was Dr. Bob S. 
two-part question. How long had Bill W. been recovered, and how had Bill W. been relieved of his drinking problem? Six months earlier, the broker, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. Following a meeting with an alcoholic friend who had been in contact with Oxford groups of that day. To another two-part question. Wait, sorry. Four-part question. Ooh. Who else had been very helpful to Bill's recovery? What was Dr. Silkworth's special, specialty? How do we as a fellowship feel about Dr. Silkworth, and where do we find his story? He had been... He had also been greatly helped by the late Dr. William D. Silksworth, a New, a New York specialist in alcoholism who was now accounted no less than a medical saint by AA members and whose story of the early days of our society appears in the next pages. What vital piece of information did Bill W. learn from the doctor? From this doctor, the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism. Two-part question. Could Bill accept the tenets of the Oxford Group, and what tenets could he accept? Though he could not accept the tenets of the Oxford Groups, he was convinced of the need of, for moral inventory, confession of personal defects, restitution to those harms, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. So let's break that down a little bit. The first part, the spark, there was the flare of the first AA group was struck in Acorn, Ohio in 1935 during a talk between New York stockbroker, which was... Bill W. and an acorn physician, Dr. Bob. Six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. You may think that it just like, I don't know, where Puffy got sober and went on with it. And a fact later on, that it was a fact that he had gotten hooked up with Ebby uh, Thatcher and had gone through the Oxford groupish while in detox at Towns Hospital. That's where he got it. So he did have to do some work to get that. And, so a lot of people don't know that, that that was sort of why he got sober. Um, from the doctor, does anybody else want to throw anything in? Thank you. Got Charles over there. You want to throw that to Charles? Pass it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you get tired of my voice, raise your hand, because then you guys can throw it in. That's how it works. Oh. Go. I'm um, the one thing that stuck out to me in all of our, our readings, it's really interesting to go back and, and look at our history, and you can kind of see you know, the traditions in the first one. But what really stuck out to me is the very last sentence we read, and the second part of it, and it's the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. And... What that really stood out to me is I, I believed in God my entire life. I somehow ended up in this room. Um, but the dependence part, um, when I don't depend upon a higher power in a normal daily basis, I am not working this program and my life is not good. But if I just do the first part of the sentence, which is the necessity and belief in, I'm great. And so that to me is what stuck out really, really prominent. And that's like, the experience I'm having in my life right now is bringing back the dependence part. So I really like the history and all the foundation of everything, but this is what stuck out to me today. Absolutely. You yeah. know, there's, we're not tricking people in this stuff. If you read the forward, you know exactly what's coming. Yeah. Work with others, find in a relationship and develop in with God and helpfulness to others. And it's, there's, you get your people knowing this early on when it really comes time to put the work in order. They're comfortable with it. But the sentence that he just read, can you imagine that conversation between a sponsor and the sponsee? 
going over what was just written about, well, I don't like that. And it's like, well, he can start sharing a little bit of his God experience with that. You know, what we do in here, we try to bring the book alive. So when you guys are sitting down talking with your sponsees and reading the book with your sponsees, you can bring it alive so that they understand what's really going on. Nobody likes to be tricked. What do you mean I got a sponsor? What do you mean I have to help others and, and <laughs> intensively? So it's nice to get this all out in the open. Anybody else? I got a hand over here. Ooh, I got it. Adam. Was that guy? No. Oh, hey. I guess I can have cake tonight. Hi, I'm Lisa, an alcoholic. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Yeah, this part about God, um, you know, I was just talking to a doctor earlier today and who treats um, alcoholic and addicts <clears throat> with acupuncture. And, um, you know, he understands, you know, uh, he understands alcoholism and drug addiction. And it, it just, but I don't know if he understands the spiritual experience and um, as much. So I kind of stressed a lot about the spiritual experience and um, you know, and, and when we read our How It Works, it just, every time I read How It Works and the last three uh, pertinent ideas, A, that we are alcoholic and cannot manage our own lives, B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and C, that God could and would if he were sought, and how important those three pertinent ideas are to spiritual experience. Um, I don't know, that, it's just kind of was, was sticking out at me, um, you know, and, you know, and the whole thing about the Oxford group, um, you know, that's kind of like a, a backstory of this whole area and, you know, how, um, you know, they had a hard time with the spiritual experience and that's why they sought out the Oxford group. And to me, like I, I grew up, you know, believing in the God and, if I came to this program and I thought it was associated with the Oxford group, I probably not would have not stayed. So I'm glad that um, they didn't continue to work with just the Oxford group. So I think, uh, you know, you were saying, Mike, that, uh, you know, uh, you, you were saying that before, how, um, you know, Bill, Bill's work with the Oxford group, um, you know, he was kind of a, you know, um, yeah, he's skeptical of that too. So, um, you know, the prime leader of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill W. You know, and and his um, interesting connection with with Bob is, you know, is a, uh, you know, the dynamic duo. And Bob is a big Oxford group. Hey, Storm, you got I uh, I personally related. To- very much on the the line about the business venture that had collapsed, leaving him greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. That, you know, that's right out of my my head and my heart. Um, fear, whether real or perceived or imagined, is uh, is one of my character defects, and uh, it's what you know caused me to have my relapse. Uh, ultimately, was that uh, a long term business relationship had failed and I was left in fear and ultimately, you know, after many months of living in fear, uh, picked up a drink. I wish I had uh, followed the path here that doctor had and 
called another alcoholic and worked with others. But good news, you can got back in the rooms. You and did here today. Thank you. You know the book was I like what you shared about when the book was first written. He made Bill and the the folks at the the book company he was starting. They made up 300 mimeograph copies of the first 164 pages and mailed it off to 300 different people, an assortment of therapists, psychiatrists, rabbis, priests, ministers, lots of different opportunities with the specific, please read through here, find out if there's anything that's completely inaccurate, but most important, is there anything that's going to be objectionable to your people, to you? Because the idea was to make this book fully inclusive. We didn't go the way of the Oxford group because we would have excluded, like you said, Millions of different people. So the book, they went through that. And then he got back. Oh, I'll bring my book next week. It's, a, it's, a, it's from the, the original book they used. And they crossed all this stuff out and changed everything and added some information. But, you know, they, they really wanted this to be acceptable to everyone, anyone who wanted to get sober. So I think we're going to wrap up. We're going to pick up next week on uh, the last paragraph that we read just so we don't miss that because there's some good stuff there. there so... Hope to see you guys next week. We've got some housekeeping to do now. All right. Um, From A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. God bless you. Uh, See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall see we with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. It's the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. Does anybody have a new sponsee they'd like to introduce to the group? So instead of doing white chips, we give the opportunity for sponsors to introduce a new sponsee to the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous so we can get to know them, maybe get their phone numbers and reach out to them. You don't have to be a member of this group, so if you have a new sponsee that you want to introduce to AA Fellowship, this is a good place to start. Feel free bring a newcomer next week and introduce us to them. Is anybody celebrating a year or more sobriety that would like a medallion or celebrating in the month of February? Welcome. <laughs> Does anybody need a sponsor? Raise your hand. We'll get some people. Looks like everybody's sponsored up. That's great. Uh, If you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card and give your blood sample. Can all home group members raise your hands? Great. We'll see you guys after the meeting to help tear the room down. Thanks for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week. Thursday evening is our Alcoholics and God Step Series workshop starting at 715. It'll be up here uh, this next this Thursday. Beautiful. Um, We have Paulette. Uh, she'll be doing her ninth, ninth session, session. Um, and she's been amazing so far. So if you haven't heard her yet, definitely come check that out. Uh, please wait till you're like 75 feet away from the door to vapor smoke. If you're emotionally stable, we do have a smoking balcony you can go take part of. It's only two stories. Don't get any bad ideas. Uh, we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer. Sure. All right. Let's take a moment to get quiet and situate. We do the sitting down. Violet, you want to start us? Oh, okay. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thirsty bodies aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah, and I am ready for you to take me higher. Yeah, the only thing that I can do. It 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Now, growing vines, they 
twist and turn each way Flowers blooming all the time Outside my door Never before I had to change everything To realize That today is the best day of my life Cause this broken man I travel far and wide Through the great divide Through his own heart, yeah Just about to start. So I face each day in a brand new way. Show up and plug in my guitar. And I play my songs. And people sing along. And stomp their feet and raise their arms. And here in this moment that we share. song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
Just won't set me free. 